This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You know, people are very worried about structures these days. You yes. know, what kind of structure? <laughs> it's not didactic, lah. <laughs> uh, you know, right. And it's not hierarchical. You know, must I have, have a certain kind of tattoo and all that? No, <laughs> it's not going to happen yeah, yeah. that way. You know, <laughs> yeah. because I think what the left has already learned. <laughs> the left has got painfully. Uh, it has learned that you know you cannot be authoritarian. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you can't bring about change yeah. through. You know, iron fist. Yes. Or, you know, from top down. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So socialism for the future is democratized. Yeah, right. from below. <laughs> it, it has to be. It has right? to be horizontal. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ahmad Fat Rahmat. You're listening to Night School, the show that explores concepts, theories, and society. Today, we are talking about Gabungan Kiri or the Left Coalition and their brand new manifesto uh, entitled Manifesto for 99%. They are offering an alternative discourse, an alternative movement. It is a coalition, after all, comprised of various different members from a political party to uh, youth groups, and we have two of their representative. Here to tell us more about their movement and the manifesto. To my right is uh, Arul from PSM, a well-known comrade and, of course, an activist who've established himself through championing many marginal issues and marginalized communities. Welcome to the show, Arul. Hi. What? Thanks. To my left is another comrade, uh, Mariam Lee of Project Dialogue, but also a well-known activist in her own right. She's also involved in the Left Coalition. Welcome to the show, Mariam. Thank you, Fuad. So, first things first, people are. Hearing this word now for the show, uh, what is the Left Coalition? Okay, actually, Gabungan Kiri came about after the last election, where various NGOs, activists, as well as political parties, young people, wanted something different, you know, something new from the current uh, narratives we have in the country. So that is why a group of people came together to form mm-hmm. Gabungan Kiri. Currently, Gabungan Kiri has uh, 13 organizations and many individuals, and they all agree to what we call the Gabungan Kiri agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, they all agree to that, and based on that, they've been working together. You know, finding real alternatives, a new society, mm-hmm. how to go about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have been there for more than. It's going to be like two, three years, but yeah. working on the manifesto, manifesto has been the last one year. Right, big right. project. A little bit more than one year, lah. But I always like to round it up to like two years because it includes all the technical aspects, like the graphic design and everything. Because it's also uh, like more than half of Kapungan Kiri are youth, so we are very visual. Conscious, mm-hmm. so it's very important that we have a beautiful manifesto. Right. It's not just a matter of the content as well. Right, I have it here, uh, and it looks interesting, uh, visually very arresting. So I have yeah. to agree with you on that. Now, can you explain a little bit more about the background? What was it exactly that you weren't happy with in terms of the last elections that made you want to try this different alternative? No, I think for one, the two big coalitions in the country. They all subscribe to neoliberal policies, so what we are questioning is there should be something better, you know, mm-hmm. for the majority mm-hmm. of the people, for all race, all religion, and that's why we came up manifesto for the ninety nine percent. 
And when you talk about manifesto for the 99%, then what does this one person do? You know, mm-hmm. how they control the people. And Malaysia is even worse because they use race and religion mm-hmm. to divide the people in and out. So I think this manifesto for the 99%, basically, it's completely a new looking forward talking about real system change, you know, right. not just about changing governments every few years, you know. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happening in Southeast Asia, right. changing of governments, you know. Right. Right. You know, but what we are talking is something different, fighting against neoliberal, mm-hmm. fighting against capitalism, mm-hmm. a people-centric kind of government, participatory democracy, right. those kind of right. things. Yeah. So who's behind the coalition? Who are your members? Uh, like Aru mentioned earlier, we have 13 organizations. The members are Angkatan Pembebasan Bangsa Malaysia, Barisan Pekerja, Buku Jalanan, Shah Alam, Collective Intelligence, Freedom, Gerakan Pembebasan Wanita, Imagine Malaysia, Jaringan Rakyat Tertindas, Parti Socialist Malaysia, Project Dialog, Socialist Alternative, Solidarity Anak Muda Malaysia and Kuliah Buku. Alright, very, very interesting mix there. Yeah. Now, you said this has been a long time in the making. Why is that? Is, is there a particular, say, approach to decision making that you have? that's a bit more democratic therefore it takes longer time or mm. was it just different personalities clashing can you tell us a little bit about the oh, story you're trying behind? to pick <laughs> you're trying to pick stories here <laughs> well you know whatever for good radio so what was the uh, tell us a little bit about the journey to this point where right. you can finally come together for a shared vision I think I was invited uh, at the time not only as Project Dialogue but also as uh, Buku Jalanan and I remember being like the only young woman that is not affiliated to a political party mm-hmm. and also like i think there was another young woman there but but i mean my point is the presence of youth may be high but the representation of women is still mm-hmm. low at the time which is why the manifesto is very conscious of gender mm-hmm. it's very conscious of the environment it's really really talking about things that we have neglected all this while right, right right and i think a lot of it i remember the initial discussions we were talking about how the youth are so anti-establishment they do not believe in the institution they do not believe that institutions are able to save them or even even to listen to them anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so this is a reaction or even no this is not a reaction i wouldn't say this is a reaction i think this is a very well thought out strategy mm-hmm. from the youth to really sit down and do the hard work of listing out what they want. Right, right. And that's why it took like so long yeah. <laughs> because everybody wants different things, right? <laughs> Eventually, the editing and, and the creative disputes and right. things like that. I mean, somebody, uh, the, the younger ones want it to be more poetic. Right, right. Uh, and then I feel like, <laughs> I remember Aro was like, um, like, It wasn't a consideration before the youth came in. Right, right. Yeah. right. So <laughs> there are many factors then. One, yeah. you want it to be addressing a whole long list of issues. Exactly. And you want the issues to be as inclusive as possible. And of course, there are generational differences. Yeah. That's what democracy looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the time to really come to a consensus. Mm. Yeah, and I think that even now, with this document, after going through so many times and going for consultation and all that, mm-hmm. you see, it is still an open document. Right, yes. right. People can still yes. throw ideas. Yep. And it's not really for this election. You know, this manifesto is mm-hmm. something for the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why it's manifesto for 99%. Mm-hmm. And we want people to engage. We want this to be a living document. That means right. it goes to the ground. Mm-hmm. Buku Jalanan, you know. People, Kulia right. Buku. We want discussion at that level, you know. Right, right. 
politics is not the monopoly of the yeah. politicians right. per se or the just those who are interested to stand in elections you know because mm-hmm. everybody keep, everybody keeps telling the youth that we are a democracy simply because we have elections every five years mm-hmm. and i'm like what do you mean by democracy if our country is occupied by the oligarchy and i mean like 15 families own 40 percent of the poorest in malaysia own as much as that right Right, fifteen families. We're not even talking about fifteen percent of the top owning forty percent right, right. of the water. Yeah. We're talking about fifteen yeah. families here. Mm-hmm. So it's like less than one percent owning a lot of the wealth in our country. So that was an eye opener. Right, right. Because then we go beyond elections to think about democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have a real mix of people in the left coalition. You have people like JNR, you know, the statistics from the statistics department. Right, right. And you have people like Dr. Kua. You have Rohana Arifin, you know, from gender perspective. Right. Then you have the youth, Kubu, you know, mm-hmm. people in Kubu. And then even the socialists, the PSM, the socialist alternative, you know, coming together. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, so there are various levels of people. Right. And we finally uh, came up with something which we think is quite, quite a very good document. Everyone mm-hmm. should really look at it. And it really gives... Uh, each time we read read this document, we feel that it you can you know yeah yeah something which we are very proud of lah. Talks about from animal cruelty wow okay. you know, things like that and LGBTQ people LGBT right. talks about the environment yeah yeah fascinating. So it's speaking to all marginalized communities yes. and trying to gather solidarity with them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what is the ultimate goal of this manifesto? Because it's not just comprised of perspectives from political parties but also like you said youth groups right mm-hmm. so other than like Arul said provoking debate and generating discussion and interest are there like set goals that the coalition is aiming for I think like you know like this thing about there is no alternative you know mm-hmm. so like people are told in Malaysia there's no alternative it's either this or that you know mm-hmm. and if you talk about economic policies you know, this or that. You know, nobody, you don't have to talk about all that. Change mm-hmm. the government first. People don't want to talk about policies. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is the big problem. Mm-hmm. So the left coalition said, we have to come out with something. Yeah. We have to throw something on the ground yeah. so that people can yeah. see there's another world out there, you yeah. Know? Yeah. which is more equal. Uh, income distribution is much better. Mm-hmm. A better world is out there for people to look at. Mm-hmm. And this is what the manifesto of the 99%. Right. And I think, I think this is the vicious all over the world uh, of young people, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Corbyn movement in the UK and mm-hmm. Sanders, you know, this is what <laughs> the future should look at, you know. Right, right. Yeah. I think um, all these things that Arul has mentioned, right, this process of myth-making that we have no other choice, you know. All this myth is what we are trying to dispel with the mm-hmm. manifesto. I feel like the discourse on politics have been too narrow and shallow so much so that we blindly accept anything that is not Barisan National. Mm-hmm. And it puts us into a, a very restrictive binary in a sense that we are willing to let go of our principles just for the sake of winning the general election. And that is not acceptable. And this political elitism in a sense that we give it to the hands of the very few to decide for us. And then these few politicians tell us 
if you want to be with us, if you don't want to be associated with Barisan National, you have to accept everything we say. I'm like, do you really expect the people to just take whatever you say as gospel just because we don't like Barisan National? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that is fair to expect of people. And like Arul said earlier, like, oh, just let us take Putrajaya first and then we discuss policies later. I'm like, hello? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How is that not making you very entitled? to free votes just because you think that being angry at Barisan Nasional is enough to just vote for you. So this mm. manifesto is showing that we can have a different kind of discourse, right? Yeah. A different vision, thinking of alternatives along the lines that actually benefit the rakyat rather than petty party politics. So that's what you're aiming for mm-hmm. among the things, yeah. And also to get people to discuss about it, engage about it. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are not keen to engage now about things because it doesn't reflect issues they... You know, so here, we don't talk about trade union so much. We also talk about single employee, mm-hmm. his rights of a single employee, you know. We talk things about decriminalizing drugs. Eh? Mm-hmm. These are things which is not there. In, right. yeah. I right. think no other no. manifesto will be brave enough to write those kind of things. Yeah. We talk about mm-hmm. improving men- mental health facilities, which is a big mm-hmm. problem in Malaysia, mm-hmm. but we don't have those. Interesting. So animal cruelty is included, improving yeah. mental health is included. Fascinating. No okay. elite schools. We are saying there right. shouldn't right. be elite schools in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know? Yeah. And citizen journalism, you know? Oh, right. Can I just right. add, I just add one more thing? I think what's important about the manifesto is that we have to recenter the discourse of political participation to actual policies that challenge power and capital. Mm-hmm. Because right now, the discourse is spending these two, whether you're Barisan National or Pakatan Harapan, both are now establishments. Mm-hmm. And they are not actually offering real alternatives and keep forcing us that they are the lesser evil that we need to choose between two evils and what is so pragmatic about choosing between a big evil and a lesser evil because your pragmatism your so-called pragmatism is not based on idealism and I feel like yes people can say that this manifesto is very idealist but if your pragmatism is not rooted in idealism it's not going to change anything right now I hear your grievance about the two-party system and it's reached a point where I think a lot of people can relate to that. But in relation to the manifesto, it's starting to sound like, correct me if I'm wrong, an indirect sort of PSM vehicle in that if we (laughs) want to talk about those changes, you need a political party and the biggest political party in the coalition is PSM. How would you respond to people who who would make that allegation, Arul? I think for one, PSM is part of the bigger coalition, you know? And I think PSM realizes that, you know, youths today are not interested in political parties, mm-hmm. you know. And those days, you know, political parties, they draw the line, you know. Every, the whole <coughs> movement have to follow what they say. Mm-hmm. You know, that is how the old dogma is, you see. But, you know, the future socialism, if you look at the future, is working with social movements, working with anti-capitalist movement and various kinds of groups, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Social forces. And PSM recognizes that. Yeah. And we think... We can't lead it, you know. We mm-hmm. have to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, before this, we used to have what we call the left consensus. Mm-hmm. Now we have a left coalition because there's a view that, you know, we should consolidate our views, put it in paper, yeah. and democratically discuss. Yeah. And one very interesting about this manifesto, it has a right to recall. You know, anybody called to power, you know, you can recall the person mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the term ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has got what you call like non-constituency seats. So I think for PSM, we are actually very happy that more and more people come in full. Mm-hmm. Because I think 99% cannot be PSM. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about 99%, it's a class war, you know? 
It's nothing to do with building elections. It's a class sure. war. It's a long battle. Yeah. And one person is bullying us between races, religion, and all that. Yeah. Right, right. And we have to unite the 99%. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. On that note, let's take a break. I want to get into more details of what you said just now about the workings of the coalition. But there you have it, folks. A manifesto out there for you, for the working person, to see what rights they can claim, right, in order to have a better life. Uh, I'm Ahmad Fawad Rama listening to Night School and we're talking about uh, Gabungan Kiri or the Left Coalition with Arul from PSM and Mariam Lee from Project Dialogue and this is Night School on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to me, Ahmad Fat Rahma, and this is Night School, where we are this week discussing the manifesto for the 99% released recently by the Left Coalition, which talks about an alternative world, a world that you deserve as working people, as honest, hardworking taxpayers, uh, among other things. It discusses the right to mental health care, discusses the environment, gender, discusses animal cruelty. It is saying another world is possible and this is one map to get you there. Now, I like this in many ways. I can resonate with it. It speaks to me. I want you to contextualize the idea of a left coalition more broadly, Aro, because we've had many left coalitions before, <laughs> from after the independence in the 70s, but it always falls apart. Mm. Now, how is this different? <laughs> You see, the, there were two big life coalitions. We had the Putra AMCJ, mm-hmm. that's the first one. And then, you know, that was emergency sort of killed it right, off. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then we had the Barisan Socialists, another emergency killed it off, right. you know, the 63 emergency. And those were mainly the goals, you know, the first was anti-colonial struggle. Mm-hmm. And then Barisan Socialists was post-election, but those were political party mm-hmm. affiliations. Mm-hmm. But this coalition... It's a coalition of various groups. It's like Buku Jalanan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a coalition of young people, then they got NGOs, individuals, and also it's a bit diverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the power structure is very different. You know, if you're an organization, you get two votes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if you're an individual, you get yeah, a one vote. Right, right. And then everybody has to agree to four objectives, mm-hmm. you know. And we have got nine principles. Mm-hmm. And if you agree to that, you're part of it. Right, right. And then you participate and you decide things. Mm-hmm. So it is not really, at this point of time, it's not really a coalition to win power mm-hmm. in this coming election, fielding candidates and all that, you know. Right. This is something we are, like, we don't have a end plan, you know. <laughs> right, right. We are putting it for Malaysians to look at it, to come on board, and then together to draw the path forward. Mm-hmm. So I think the left coalition is just a catalyst lah mm. in this whole huge process. Right. Yeah. I feel like as a first-time voter, as someone who was denied my opportunity to vote when I was 21 because my birthday was in April and the election was in May. <laughs> <laughs> so very unfortunate, right? But what that has taught me was that I do not need to exercise voting in order for me to be part of a democracy. Because... Democratic participation is bigger than that. I feel like both sides right now are not giving that progressive narrative where you are involved naturally as a citizen, whether or not you give politicians votes. And I think that's important, especially to the youth today. And basically, the left coalition offers like a solution to the intellectual and moral vacuum that exists because of Parisa National and Pakatan Harapan feuding, you know, with each other and like cannot move beyond personality politics. 
for example, the Undi Rosa movement. It's not even a movement, but let's just call it a movement for now. Mm-hmm. Like, Undi Rosa is a reaction to the void that we are seeing because all the political parties, they are not offering something that is relevant to the youth, to the women and minorities. So, this manifesto is a way that that youth use to face this void. For example, the youth that support Undi Rosa. Mm-hmm. It is an offer for ordinary people as outlined in our six key points, which is fair distribution of wealth, free university education for all, decent living wage. This is important, mm-hmm. right? And then the fourth is high quality housing for everyone. The fifth is creation of a pension fund mm-hmm. for all. And lastly is transformation into green and high tech economy. And this is one thing that is very specific to our generation because we are talking about a generation that is moving into automation economy mm-hmm. automation and gig economy and this is something that the previous generation did not face before mm-hmm. and both Barisan National and Pakatan Harapan are not addressing this at all so these insecurities faced by the youth and those who are supposed to retire today but they cannot retire mm-hmm. because they don't have enough funds to retire so this document is a document of our time Just like how Testament Api Politik was a document of that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, tell me more about youth sentiments. Are they committed to progressive ideas already? Or do you sense that they're curious, they're just trying to think through the issues? Because I think that's what's missing right now. We are not quite, not just not engaging with the youth, but mm-hmm. we don't quite understand necessarily where they're coming from, right? So, paint us a picture of where youth discourse is today. <laughs> Uh, which youth discourse? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> there's so many. Been, well, you've been talking about the youth wanting a different yeah. kinds of politics, right? But a different kind of politics does not necessarily mean left politics. Exactly. They could want a more Islamic Malaysia, for example, <laughs> right? Yes. So, so uh, when you talk about this groups, yeah. being for the youths, who are the youths that you have in mind? How are you engaging? How are you positioning yourself in relation to those discourses, right? Yeah. I think the if you look at those days, eh, <laughs> there is a lot of things censored. You know, you want to read radical politics. You know, you want to read about Marxism and all that. You know, you'll be afraid to read it. But now it's mm-hmm. you have passed that era. You know, mm-hmm. now all the information is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and because of that, I have a feeling that youths today are more critical. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't like you know you know last time you can say all well, these are all you can't talk about it. Right, right. Only a few people have that monopoly to that information. No, today a lot of youths and a lot of youths actually. Read those kind of things, mm-hmm. and they are also radicalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is how to move beyond that, you know. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, I think this is the challenge, and I think a lot of youths are today. If you look at Dapo Jalanan and all those kind of initiatives done by youths, mm-hmm. they are actually addressing the issue of poverty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, are they questioning the system which makes poverty happen? Yeah, you know. Right, right. Right. So I think this is where we are talking that you know you need a movement. You know, mm-hmm. a movement of like the 99%, you know, right, right. to make changes, right. to resolve problems they face. Mm-hmm. So this manifesto is trying to reach out to them and because it talks about their issues, mm-hmm. you know, like drugs usage, you know, who everybody tells, you know, you shouldn't take drugs. Mm-hmm. They don't address yes. the stress involved. Exactly. You know, here it talks about a lot of those kind of things, you see. It mm-hmm. talks about how people should participate in uh, democracy, you know, mm-hmm. where local government, how about Information sharing. Right, right. You know, so I think there are a lot of things where the youths will feel happy with this manifesto. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, being happy with the manifesto is not going to help us a lot. Mm-hmm. They have to participate in it. Mm-hmm. They have to now demand 
that barisan and pakatan adopt this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing why we are coming out with this manifesto before them is to also for them to look at it mm-hmm. so that people will actually start engaging with the local Why not you have this in your policy isn't it a good policy mm-hmm. we want people to debate about it mm-hmm. yeah. we as the manifesto suggests we want to serve the many not the few so whatever youth group that you're in whether you're islamis or you're liberal whatever youth group that you're in you have to address basic universal needs mm-hmm. so the manifesto addresses key fundamental issues so we don't care what what your background is mm-hmm. you know what your religion is what your ethnicity is what your socioeconomic background is what we care about is is your access to justice mm-hmm. and not just like legal justice we're talking about access to food access to good wages access to housing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these are very you know fundamental and universal issues right right Typically, and I I get this a lot, but I'm sure you too as well. When we make these sorts of big demands, they will say, "Well, are these things practical? Right? <laughs> Can they really be achieved? But are these things realistic? Right? So, what do you say? Because you mentioned about pragmatic politics now, what do you say yep. to people who say that this is too idealistic? <laughs> I feel like. What we can or cannot do depends on how well we can imagine. If we keep insisting that our imagination only is limited to two evils, then we're going to get two evils. That's all we're going to get. But if we imagine bigger, we will find a way. And I feel like politics, you know, outside Malaysia have shown that there are alternatives to the current system. In fact, there are alternatives to the current parliamentary democracy system that we have today. So if we don't get the conversation going, we're not even going to get into making it happen. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what's important is to make that conversation happen. Yeah, a small spark of fire can yeah. burn a whole prairie. <laughs> What was that? I can't prairie. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. I messed up that quote. But yeah, but I think that's what you're aiming for, right? Yes, Just get the spark, the conversation, exactly. get the chapter going. The discourse you know, like, is like, very important. Yeah. For example, you know, when we're talking about things like LGBT rights, you know, I think about is something impossible. You know, today, you know, people do talk about it. You know, issues comes out and people. And you know when we did the campaign for minimum wage mm-hmm. campaign, but ten fifteen years ago, everybody was laughing at us. Nobody will give you minimum right, wage. Right. You know, and today mm-hmm. it's a reality. Yeah. So I think yeah, when you really true. campaign and you get you draw the people behind you, then the powers will have to compromise if they want to be in power. Yeah. And yeah. I think we have to build that movement below. Yeah. I had Simon Soon, an art historian at UM, here for a show last week, and he made a really interesting point. At the end of the day, community building is about sharing the same values. Mm-hmm. And you can even share these values without sharing the same language, even. Exactly. If we all relate to each other instinctively to know we have the same needs, the same insecurities, right? Yeah. Then we look beyond, like you say, the identity politics and say, like, how can we build a better world, right? And I think from what you're telling me, this is what the manifesto aims for. Like, these mm-hmm. are the rallying points that we can come together to yeah. and, and kind of build a movement and, and make demands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, who can join the coalition? Because you said there are political parties, NGOs, <laughs> informal reading groups, individuals. So what's the, how would you say, incorporation process like? Very simple. Anybody can join the coalition as a member or as an organization. But they have to go through our website. You can find our agenda there, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, they can then become a member. Mm 
Yeah, yeah. And then after that, they'll be already in our WhatsApp group. They can attend meetings, right. you know, and fully participate. So, yeah. but there are four pillars, right? Four basic pillars. You said yes. Rukun gabungan siri. So these are the things they have to as a baseline yeah. uh, kind of acceptance, right, to yeah. the issue, right? Four, four, and mm-hmm. they have nine fundamental principles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this, uh, you know, uh, if you want to be part of the coalition, mm-hmm. but if you want to. You can endorse the manifesto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Until right. yesterday, we had 79 organisations have already endorsed the manifesto, right. and uh, <laughs> so it's quite good. We yes, thought initially, yes. you know, we only yeah. had about 10, yeah. <laughs> but as the days passes, more and more people are looking at it, and mm-hmm. we got now 79. I think we will. That's yeah. great. So what's next? Like you say, you want to provoke the discussion, raise the level of intellectual debate. So what do you have programmed next? Is it there'll be a? We plan to have a number of debates mm-hmm. on this manifesto with the other political parties. Oh, okay, okay. You know that's one. Another thing is, of course, live shows. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, buku jalanan and uh, kubu buku is will be organizing uh, live on this manifesto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine Malaysia will be organizing a public forum mm-hmm. on the manifesto, and also we plan to have a number of. Forums like town hall kind of discussion about mm. the manifesto. Right. Uh, I just want to remind our listeners that the process is very democratic. You're welcome to feedback, right? Yeah. And a lot of the content can be expanded or revised, mm-hmm. right? Because the spirit of it is inclusivity. Right? I mean, I mean, like the text itself is pretty much like solid, mm-hmm. but you know the discussion on the text is not limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are not gonna like. <laughs> We're not going to be very upset if you totally reject it. It's mm-hmm. it's fine, you know. If you don't want to accept the manifesto, it's it's totally fine. But what's more important is that you take certain you know ideas from the manifesto and you bring it back to the public for public education mm-hmm. on what democracy actually is. Right. Yeah. And is it is in four languages in four languages? Yeah, mm-hmm. we have it in English, Bahasa Melayu, Tamil, and Mandarin. Right. They are all available online at the website gabungankiri.org. That's great. Now, one more question about joining the coalition. So, say if I look at the four objectives or the four pillars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you prepare a socialist analysis of Malaysian society. You provide a platform for organizing the struggle. You communicate socialist views to the masses, and then four, you reclaim the history of Malaysian life. Say I accept all this. Mm-hmm. Now, am I as a member of the coalition bound to say certain obligations for solidarity or something like? That? Say like. You know, one one organization gets attacked. You know, for say promoting the platform of the manifesto. Do is there an obligation for other organizations to help? I mean, what's the how would you say rule of membership like? Right, once you're inside. Well, once you agree to this agenda, mm-hmm. what happens next is that you'll be invited to attend meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, then all decisions will take place in meetings yeah. and you know whatever. It's it's a like a. Right, interesting. It's yeah. a participatory kind of decision, yeah. and then we come up with decision and we move on. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. so based on these groups here, we have come up with a number of things. One was the for the Malaysian plan. We had an alternate plan, <laughs> and now we have a manifesto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are coming out with various discussion. We had forums on poverty. Mm-hmm. We had a session on uh, neoliberalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think these are number of programs already organized. We also plan to have like you know history classes right. on left and all that. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So it's actually no, it's not going to be a very 
you know, people are very worried about structures these days. You yes. know, what kind of structure? <laughs> it's not didactic, lah. <laughs> uh, basically, you know, right. and it's not hierarchical. You know, I have, I have, I have, I have a certain kind of tattoo and all that. No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That day, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I think what the left. <laughs> Has already learned. <laughs> the left has got painfully. Uh, it has learned that you know you cannot be authoritarian. <laughs> right, right, right. You know you can't bring about change yeah. through yeah. you know iron fist yes. or you know from top down. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So socialism for the future is democratized. Yeah, right. from below. <laughs> it has horizontal, to be. It has right? to be horizontal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, so it's not a club kind of thing. It's not the no. club. It's more like a platform where like minds can come together and come yeah. to an agreement and work together, right? Yes. Fascinating, fascinating. Any concluding thoughts before we wrap up? I've mentioned this a few times before where I said that democratic deficit and institutional failures are, you know, two of the main reasons why the youth are really feeling very disenchanted with politics. And the democratic deficit that we face today is not something that happens overnight. From children are very, very young in schools, they are not encouraged to speak up against the school authorities. When they are in university, we clamp them down. And so there has not been a meaningful environment for democracy to even happen. Mm-hmm. So by the time they're 21, they are expected to make you know this huge decision on who to rule for the next five years. And when suddenly they say they don't know who to vote and they refuse to vote because of it, suddenly politicians are so angry mm-hmm. and calling these youth as irresponsible. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're dismissing their entire journey and experience of democracy just because you cannot get their votes. Right. So that is the political culture that we want to change. Right. And that change has to come from conversations. So that's interesting that you, you <coughs> put it in that light in that the manifesto also serves the other task of political education, right? Just yes. showing that these are the options that you have as a citizen. These are the demands that you can make. Mm-hmm. Right? See, like, this country is ruled by racial divide and rule policies all these years. Mm-hmm. And then another way it's ruled is through draconian laws. Now, this has been going on for years and years. You know? <clears throat> What this manifesto talks is about freedom, equality, and solidarity. It talks about all communities... Talk about multicultural collaboration. I think those are things which is really missing. Because we always try to pit fighting with each other. We got quota system. You know, that's why when even when Chandra Muzaffar talked about that, the Pakatan Manifesto did, did not talk about race. <laughs> I mean, that is the biggest elephant in the room, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think this one talks about how, you know, it must be need-based. And then, you know, why you must get rid of elite schools. Mm-hmm. And then taxation, you see. It talks about, you know, all the tax haven. It talks about, people ask, where are you going to get this money, you know, to do such a mm-hmm. project, you know? Mm-hmm. We're talking about taxing the super rich, you know? Yeah. If the top 10 richest guy, you a tax A lot of people don't get, even qualify for this mm-hmm. tax. <laughs> you will resolve, resolve. <laughs> you know, for example, exactly. we are asking health uh, mm. is only now 2% mm. of the GDP. You know, mm. we're asking it to be made 4%. Mm-hmm. You solve a lot of problems. Yes, yes. So I think a lot of things, uh, what we are asking is mm-hmm. that, you know, the taxation, wealth, how to take the wealth from the 1% distribute to the 99%, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and I think it will solve the problems. Yeah. All right, BFM mm-hmm. listeners, run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> the manifesto is coming to get you anyway. <laughs> um, that was me being tongue-in-cheek, actually. But on a serious note, the manifesto is available to everyone for download. Where can they go for that? 
They can go to www.gabungankiri.org where the manifesto is available in four languages, English, Bahasa, Mandarin and Tamil. Great. And there's contact information at that site should they want to ask questions. Yes, we have. Uh, like we also have Facebook and Twitter. Wonderful. Gabungan so Kiri. they can uh, look that up. And again, it's really, really well designed. You know, I think that's the first <laughs> thing that stands out. It's not really just like another pamphlet. It's actually a book, essentially. Like it's a little uh, well thought out publication. Um, thanks again for sharing uh, sure. the story of the manifesto and the Left Coalition. And, you know, we can have you over again later down the future just to talk about how this has been received so the positive negatives and highlights from that journey you can email the show bfmnightschool@gmail.com, or look us up on Facebook type Night School on the search space or download our app the Apple App Store and Google Play thanks again Mariam Lee Project Dialogue our role of PSM I'm Ahmad Fat Rahman and this is Night School on BFM 89.9 The Business Station Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.